it should be one, two, three, four, five, six. This uh, study we started out on it a, a while back. Uh, nobody didn't say anything, but uh, I wasn't pleased with it, so I didn't go any further than the one. Uh, not that it was wrong when I first done it, but uh, got to have place, got to have it in order when this took place, when that took place. But this uh, title is very important. We can see that one of the main problems with our country is that nobody works together. I'm talking about the president, the Congress, the Senate, everybody. And that very well can happen in a family. It can happen in a church. But we are one. And... uh, some people like to share their situations. Other people like to uh, know that the church is praying, but they keep it to themselves. But in our text, verse First uh, Thessalonians chapter five and verse twelve, we uh, no <coughs> no way I, I can finish this tonight, or maybe I don't know how many. Nice, it'll take, but uh, we ought to realize that uh, what the Lord is telling us. So here in First Thessalonians chapter five and verse twelve, uh, the Lord said, and I read, and we beseech you, brethren, to know them with labor among you, and are over you in the Lord, and admonish you. I think it's very important for us to be successful here at Ammon Road Baptist Church. You've got to know me. You've got to know what my purpose is, why I do certain things, because uh, when we are put in charge, as God put me in charge, as he did every other pastor that's been called and loves the Lord, that uh, the pastor, the song leader, the piano player, anybody that holds an office in this church, it's important that they know that the rest of the church body is praying for them, is, uh, you know, respect their opinion. So uh, he said, we beseech you, brethren, and uh, right into the church of Thessalonica, he, we got to know that a lost man, and when I say man, as man and woman, boy and girl, but a lost man that is out of the will of God is no more help to the church than a lost person. Because a person that is saved and out of the will of God will not be able to pray for anybody else you know, and if we be honest with ourselves, there's days that we can't pray for somebody else. We'll go through the motion. But uh, 
we got to have our special relationship with the Lord. So our text in Ephesians 4, 7, but unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of God. So when we think about that, that what I know, what you know, what anybody in this congregation tonight knows, it is a gift. It's a gift. You've got to be saved to understand the will of God. I mean, that's no doubt about that. But he said here in in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 7, but unto every one of us is given, to every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of God. I know what I know because it was a gift from God. I know what I know because I put forth the study and the prayer and the meditation. But ultimately, ultimate, if I understand what these two scriptures mean or any other scripture means, it's that God has chose to show that to me. And when God shows it to you, nobody can take it away from you. You know, it's just when God saves you, you know, only way I'd be lost is that God would have to take it from me. I can't do anything that would cause me to lose my salvation. But I sure can do something, humanly speaking, that I'll take a quick trip to glory. Now, see, since I don't know when my day is, God does. But humanly speaking, that, you know, well, he turned his back upon God. He turned his back upon everybody, and God says, tuck him home. But if you want to stick to the scriptures, we must realize that that day that you were born was on time, and the day you'll die is on time. The only thing we have any doing with it is how we're going to live during that period of time and how we're going to die. You know. I don't know whether you make requests or not, but, uh, you know, uh, I think a beautiful way to die is to die in the arms of somebody you love. Now, that's not the best place for the person, but, you know, just go to bed tonight and fall off to sleep and wake up in glory. It don't get no better. But God has not chose that for everybody. He hasn't chose that for everybody. So as we look here in Ephesians chapter 4, as we read verse 7, and then we go down here uh, to verse uh, 11, and it said, He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and leaders. Now notice, for the perfecting of the saints. The only reason that God saved you and put you at Amber Road Baptist Church, he's got a job for you to do. Am I reading into that or is that what it says? It just plainly says. And he gave some different jobs, different positions, Different abilities, 
But we said, why do we have that? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. If God was to save somebody Sunday and they became a part of this body, God added that individual to the body for the perfecting of the body. Not so we have one more on the number. But for a purpose. God does not do anything to say, I'm doing it. I won't make him feel good. I only add fives to him next week. No, it don't happen. It doesn't happen. God has a purpose for everything. And what that does, that gets that ideal, I'm not important. If I miss something, nobody will know it. You know what that is? I hope your skin's hard tonight. That's an excuse to keep from doing what God already wants us to do. And if we don't do it, well, as uh, only one knows this for sure would be in the room tonight would be Judy. When Mama said, you don't do it, I'll make you sorry you didn't do it. You ever had a mama like that? I've got a savior like that. He's chasing those he loves. All these other people that are being chastened, that's just for their sins. And I've got a few of those too. But when I get out of God's will and I know I ought to do something and don't do it, God is not going to let you look it over and say, well, that was a hard time in their life. You think God didn't know about it? Come on now. Talking to a young lady from Georgia today, you know. Y'all know who my favorite member of Landmark is. You know, and I told her, I said, you know, uh, God knew who was going to be your pastor, and God knew when he was going to take your pastor out, and that the only thing that you have to differ now is that you may feel different what you're doing. But if you're just doing it because of the pastor, man, you don't have no rewards up there at all. No, you serve it because you love the Lord. Amen. Having a pastor that you like or at least can be able to tolerate, it makes it easier. See, God didn't call me into the ministry to be popular. He called me into the ministry to preach the word of God. And the older that I get, I take that calling very seriously. He said, now, for the perfecting of the saints. In other words, Brenda got a responsibility to make Henrietta, and Henrietta got a responsibility to make Sister Jean, and we go on and on and on. We are added to the body for the perfecting. Perfecting, you know. It means 
You're going to be better because I'm your friend. You're going to learn something. You were saved out of this body because you can reach somebody that nobody else can. But you know, uh, I was probably, no, probably do it. I know I was. I don't know how to do that. You know, mom, dad wants you to do something. I don't know how. Well, if you don't know how to do a vacancy that needs to be filled, is that not God saying, get up off of your, and start getting yourself ready? We hear for one another, and when we glorify God as a body, the Lord blesses us. And when he blesses the church, he blesses everybody that's a member of that church. So he, he tells us here in verse 13, you know, verse 12 said, For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, how long are you going to do it? Till we all come in unity of the faith. Unity. See, I know, and I buy into this, I haven't been convicted. But some things, we'll never admit that we're convicted because we don't want to do it. You know what my favorite term was growing up? I don't know how. You know, it's, it's amazing. Kids grow up dumb until they get a certain age. That age when they can go out on their own and do what they want, want to do. Now they know everything. Y'all thought I wasn't watching. And that's what Christians do. You know. Brother Bill, the Ross my pastor one night, he said, You see that songbook? Well, we used Bill Dream and the Broadman Hymnal. He said, It's your responsibility to learn every song in this book. So when the song leader and the pianist plays, him 185 or 192, you know it. And he said, which surprised me because he was more eloquent than I am, you know. He said, but you know every one of George Jones's songs, Loretta Lynn's songs, or whoever you know, we may be listening to. You know why? Because we listen to it over and over and over and over. Now we can put all the music on a, you know, some you know some cars got CDs, some got tape players, some got this, some, you know. But we don't understand, church, what God is saying. Everything we know, He gave it to us for the perfecting of the saints. In other words, I ought to make Henrietta better, and Henrietta ought to make me better. That's good preaching, Tony. Thank you, brother. How long you do it? Till we all come in the unity of the faith 
and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, which means mature. We never become perfect as long as we're in this body. But the word perfect in the Greek means mature. One of the words translates is mature. Until we all become a mature person. Unto the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. And you know, some of us learn things quicker. But that don't mean that the, if you're slow and like I was, that you don't count. We learn or we don't learn depending on whether we want to learn. I think a person does anything they want to do. You know, I mean, simple thing. When I became, you know, person in that house by myself, I said, I never wore clothes in a washer in my life. All I did was put them in there. I didn't know what I mean, sort them. Sort them for what? What's in there besides clothes? What do you want me to take out? You know, those sloths. And it's normal to somebody that's done it all their life. But now I got... Three, four little pals, you know. If you want to wash your shirt so it don't get as rainy, you find out what that shirt is made of. Mm, yeah. You can't put cotton in with that new type. You know, that cotton comes out of rank, you know, wrinkles in it. Other, if you don't leave it in the dryer too long, you can hang it up and you don't have to iron it. <laughs> My wife already knew that. And I was stupid because I said, that's a woman's job. Oh, man, have I learned rather than that foolishness. I don't know where it came from. God said in verse 14 that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. See, the the older we get and we want our children not to embarrass us in church, you know, there's always something that sticks out, you know. That, you know, so we can't expect the kids not to talk about everything but the Lord in church and during the sermon and writing down and doing every other thing you shouldn't be doing. You know, but I I figured that one out too, church. Man, this is your lucky night. You know why they want to play with everything they got in their pocketbook? Because they bring a sack full of toys. You ain't going to learn that child to stay in church properly by giving them every little quinket. Because that quinket won't satisfy. You got to give them something else. You got to give them something else. If you don't preach the word of God, you've got to give them something else. You've got to give them something else. But if you feed them the word of God, brought up on the word of God, then the only thing they need and look for is the word of God. That's good preaching, Steve. You know why it's good? I haven't 
Done anything but read scripture. <laughs> you can't go wrong. You just read scripture. Amen. So the Lord said in verse 15, but speaking the truth in love may grow up unto him in all things which is the head even in Christ. So that means that we are to be growing spiritually. You ought to know more than you knew 15 years ago if that's when you were saved. Or 40 years ago when you were saved. Or a year ago when you were saved. But you know what church has become to Baptist people? Set in, hope the music is good. And you couldn't ask the average Baptist on Sunday night what they heard on Sunday morning. God said in verse 16, From whom the whole bodily fiddly joined together and compact of that which every joint supplied according to the effectual working in the measure of every part Make of increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Oh, I tell you, how important is that love? I don't see how you can love the Lord if you don't love the brethren. I, I mean, a lot of people do it, or at least they say they do it. I've never figured that one out, and I'm serious. Well, I mean, I like somebody's ways, but, I mean, when you get that person one-on-one, or do they genuinely care for you? Do they have your best interests? You know, I ain't going to, you know, like my daughter came up. All I said, you know, I got a whole lot of albums, and Kim, if you want to, you know, you have some of them, you know, bar them, listen to some good music. So she went through one box and she said, you got anything except George Jones? I said, sure, but why listen to second best when you got the best? Do I have any other Bibles except the King James? Sure I do. But why would I want to read or study out of the NIV when I've got a King James? Now, I only said, said that because, you know, I listen to a lot of people besides George Jones. But one thing about it, we participate in those things that we love, we like, and we're whip our little kid and take them to the bathroom and spank them and talk to them. And where do you think that child learned that from? I'm talking. Now, that's our introduction. Working together in the work begins within the local church. We do not maintain a proper testimony with the church. We will have no positive spiritual influence outside of the church. 
Today, this very day, RECC truck came in right to my house, had the road blocked. They were took a hole out of the ground, put a new one in, and never cut the electric off. I said, man, I wouldn't even got up there with electric off, much less going up there. I don't know how they done it. But anyway, one of them was busy, the other was doing something, and the other came and talking. He said, you live here alone? I said, no, I'm from Harrison County. I'm from Harrison County. I said, are you saved? He said, saved from what? I said, well, God saved your life because you was at the top of that pole a few minutes ago and you're down here now. What if you died? Well, I don't think about it. That's your answer. We're going to take a trip. We want to get the car fixed. want to make sure, it's, you know, the tar is at least decent in line, you know. I do every time I take a trip. I take my car over to the garage, and he knows what I'm going to say. Go over it. Before I went to Alabama, I said, go over it. I don't know nothing about how long a boat's supposed to last and how long this is, but I'm saying he does, you know, or she does. I said, you know that job well, but, you know, doing that electric, and I appreciate it, my neighbor appreciates it, but what if you fell off that thing? He said, I'd be dead. I said, no, you'd either be in heaven or hell. Well, I don't want to get past that, but that's not going to change the fact that it's appointed and a man wants to die, you're going to die right on time if you're at the top of that pole or at the bottom of that pole or on vacation. Where would you go one split second after you're dead? He looked at me and he said, it's the first time I've ever heard that. I said, how old are you? 54 years old. By the time I was 54 years old, I couldn't name you the times that I've heard the gospel. What does that tell me as pastor of this church? We got to start doing some home mission work. We got to get on the radio. We got to start passing out papers. We I've got to get who's going in that hospital, who's going out that hospital, and send them a card from Ammon Road Baptist Church. Have a team that will go to the nursing homes and at least talk to them. He said, I don't, I can't. You won't. That's can't. Because if I'm going and you know I'm going, you ought to be praying for my going. Come on now. I'm not upset. Y'all upset? I'm not upset. I'm happy. Happy, happy, happy. Because I know Jesus. My heart is still bad. My legs are still bad. My head is still bad. But I'm happy. I 
think of what's going on and that's going to come to our country. Don't think it's not. We will be attacked within the next year. Put it down, mark it down. We can say, well, that old Biden, he is something to talk about, ain't he? But it's not the old Biden. The churches that had 150 are now got 50. Churches had 50 now and got 20 or 30. God didn't call the drug addict to take the gospel. He called his sheep. We have a meal, and I hear everybody, what can I bring? What can I bring? What do you think I should bring? You think about that. Think about a way you can tell somebody about Jesus. If not, We older ones are going to start dropping off. We're going to get promoted. Got on my computer today and five different churches within 100 miles of me right now looking for a pastor. Something to get solemn about. Well, God said that we need to walk together in the walk, and it begins with the local church. If we do not maintain a proper testimony within the church, we will have no positive spiritual influence outside of the church. One life lived well is worth a thousand sermons preached. All I got to say is one of us lose our temper at Walmart. And when you look at those prices, it's easy to get your temper going. One life lived is worth a thousand sermons preached. Working together in a worthy way which the local church prepares us for a consistent life live without the church. What would your spiritual life be if, if they make one move? You know what that move is? If they start charging taxes on church property. Don't think it'll ever happen. I'm almost positive it'll happen. I mean, there's some churches around us that worth two or three hundred thousand dollars. Southland Christian Church probably got millions of worth of property. What if? What if God said? I mean, he said, render unto 
God, what is God's unto Caesar? What is Caesar's? So we are to walk worthy in our fellowship. Galatians 1.10 says that he might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. So I asked, go down the line, if I was teaching the class, one of the questions was, list me five things you learned the last year about the Lord. Give me one thing you've learned different about the Bible this last week. Unity within the local assembly is essential to a good working relationship. Satan will always try to begin conflict within the local body through personality conflicts, family squabbles, and difference of opinion. We need to understand, all of us, from the preacher down to whoever cleans the church, we all got our opinions. But unless you can prove what you believe from the word of God, it's all it is, is an opinion. You ought to be ready to give an answer to anybody that asks. We are to walk worthy of our faith, doctrinal. Ecclesiastic purity in the essentials to both our protection and testimony. You know, I said it something Sunday night on the Facebook. wasn't many listening, but you know, I said that I believe in a pre-trib. You know. I believe God's going to take me out of here before the wrath comes. But the pre-wrath will be here. It's, it's already here. And the first thing I know, I got an email. I challenge you to de- debate me on this. And I did answer. I said, really? That, that was my answer. He didn't hear a word I said. He just said, hey, I'm going to challenge that old boy. No, you ain't going to challenge me. Because I wasted four hours debating a bunch of Church of Christ men. Me, Brother Bill, and Brother Al said, that won't happen again. You don't have to debate the Bible. It needs no defense. You just read it, and if you don't, Comprehend if you're saved. Ask God to give you understanding. He'll do it. So who we run with is who we are. Don't you think that's true with your kids? If they run with gruggies, they'll probably become a gruggie. 
They run with kids that curse all the time. They'll probably curse. They run with kids that don't respect mom and dad. They won't have no respect for mom and dad. I was very plain about that when my three kids, I said, find the smartest kid in the slice and stick to him like sugar on butter. You want to learn something, you got to stick with somebody who knows, or at least you think they know a little more than you do. Right? Why does God call them leaders? Some followers, some leaders. But I'm not looking for the guy who's got a DD behind his name. You know, you can find a dead dog anywhere. But I'm, I'm looking for those individuals that preach and live to the best of their ability. And I'm not against education. It was surprised some of y'all, you know. Like it surprised when after my wife died and I was going through some of her personal stuff and, and she had taken three or four home studies, you know. Didn't brag about it, just, just did it while I was at work. She was going to school. Why wouldn't you want to go public? So is that the only thing you want to do is that I've got a master's? I've got a hammer. If you don't use the master's right, it ain't going to help you. We ought to be going to school every day to know as much as we can for the Lord. That's my goal, to know more tomorrow and understand more tomorrow than I do today. And to do that, I've got to cut out doing some things that I enjoy. Not just to please cut them out, but, you know. I don't like to do a lot, but, you know, I had to go over to Maysville the other day to, to get my license re- renewed, you know, and, you know, well, I'm over here at Maysville, I guess I might well make it, you know. So I, do they have a shooting range here, you know? So I had to go down the road a few miles, find a shooting range, and, you know, probably shot $25, $30 worth of shells. What I love to do, I'd sit there and shoot all day long. But that don't bring me doing God's job unless why I'm there. I'm going to ask somebody, you know, how do you, how do, you do that at a shooting range? Well, you look at them and you say, do you think Jesus would be all right if I was out here practicing shooting? You know, first thing they'll say, their life, what kind of stupid question is that? Oh, that's what us stupid people ask. See? You don't take everything personal. But see, we we like, all of us like different things is my point. But they can't control us. 
But Jesus can. And Jesus is the only one that tells me as a minister, tells you as a Christian, every once in a while we got to come out. But not for long. But the question I want to close out with, who we run with is who we are. Who we run with is who we are. So I want to speak working together in the work of ARBC. On page two. Satan will try to cause the members to lose confidence in the pastor through rumors or confusion. There are times when the church member may not agree with the pastor's decision by understanding his purpose or motive. Never forget who it is that the Lord has placed in the church as the pastor to lead it. Now, I don't touch on that very often. But let me tell you, church, everything that goes on in this church, I'm going to stand before God. And if the Bible says don't do it, we're not going to do it. If you want to do it, you've got to find another leader. So as we close, you know, in these verses, we read that God has given gifts to the local church. You know, in verse 11, they find the four gifts. Two are passing gifts and two are permanent gifts. You know, we no longer have prophets or apostles within the local church. We prophesy in that we foretell instead of foretell. These were only 12 original apostles. One was a lost man, and God rejected him with Methodists in Acts one twenty six. So, yes, yeah, so there can be lost deacons in your church, lost members in your church, lost pastors. But God will weed them out. He'll weed them out. So we're going we're gonna to stop. Right here, and we'll be here on Wednesday night until we're finished with this. You that have the internet service, Facebook Live, you know, Facebook sermon, you you can go back and listen to it, tell somebody about it. No, I wouldn't want to tell my friend about it. They don't like preachers that get loud. Well, then, there's one down the road. He's real soft. He don't say much, but he's down the road. It don't bother me. I'm going to preach what God gives me. Don't think I know how. Father, we thank you for this day, and we thank you for the privilege that you've given us. We ask now, Father, you give us safety to our homes and and be with those that are sick and unable to be here tonight, and and for those that that are here that are troubled by things that I don't even know about, but Lord, you know. And I ask that 
as we pray for each and every one of you.